Welcome to Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday. I'm Doug McAllister for Journey Fellowship Church, and joining me today is Danielle Holloway. You probably know Danielle because we support them as church planners and missionaries in Venezuela. So, Danielle, I wanted Journey to hear your story today uh, because the last time I updated them, you guys were still in Venezuela and couldn't get travel documents to leave. So, first of all, welcome. Thank you. Glad you're here. I'm glad we got to connect today. I didn't know it was good to see you at a lead conference. I'm totally shocked that you guys were here. (laughs) You and Oxa are both here, Mm -hmm. uh, and he's Venezuelan. Yes, he is. And you guys met when you were missionaries with your mom and dad down there. Tell us a story about how you and Oxa met. Tell us. Well, uh, my husband is a pastor's kid. His dad was actually um, the superintendent for a district in Venezuela, and um, he had sent a, a, a team of you young people down mm-hmm. to the jungle on a missions trip because yeah. they're from the city. And let, me, so, let me stop you there. <laughs> Just so the people who don't know this, you grew up in the jungle. In the jungle. Of Venezuela. Now, yes. Journey has supported your mom and dad for decades now, so I know your story. You were a little girl when I first started supporting, when we first started supporting your dad. So he mm-hmm. told me that he was raising you guys in the jungle. Yes. So <laughs> you grew up your whole life in the jungle. Yes. So wow. funny story about that. When I was in college, um, somebody made a joke about, because I, I was a little awkward trying to figure out, you know, what's normal in yeah. a, in an area that's not the jungle. Yeah. And so um, they made a comment about, oh, were you grown, did you grow up in the ba- in a barn, you know, yeah. which is a saying here yeah. in the U.S. And yeah. I was like, no, I grew up in the jungle. And they yeah. were like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, for real? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. So you have an older sister? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. She's three years older so than I. So both of you grew up in the jungle. Yes. Homeschooled mm-hmm. while your dad and mom were planning churches among unreached people groups. Yes. And they still are. That's why I just love your dad and mom so much, because they go to the lost where no one else will go. Mm-hmm. And they raise their kids in the jungle. Yes, they do. You may be the only person I've ever known that grew up <laughs> in a jungle. Yeah. That's just amazing. So anyway, uh, your husband came on an Yeah, outreach. he went on a, on a missions trip, and yeah. um, we had actually been out of the jungle because we'd planted a church in a, in a very difficult neighborhood of a, yeah. of a city. Right. Um, and so we hadn't been in the jungle for about two years, so we were going back just to visit and to yeah. see people. Um, and so... You know, in a church service, he was, I said he was leaving, leading worship. And I really felt that the Lord was asking me to go up and, and sing a specific song mm-hmm. and to share a, a certain testimony that had happened um, probably um, seven or eight months before that time. And um, so I went to the pastor's wife. I asked if I could go up and I did. And when I began to sing, he said that he, he was... In, in like captured by my voice. He was <laughs> I don't in love. really know. He tells, we know he how tells church that story girls better. And church boys meet. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, anyway, we were friends for probably three years, oh, and then um, so in 2014 we started dating yeah. um, online because I was in the U.S. going to school, and then he was in Venezuela. So when you finished homeschool, <clears throat> your dad and I mom went sent you to, to the yes. U.S. And where'd you go to school? Belhaven University in oh, Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. And your degree is in. Counseling psychology. Right. <clears throat> because you feel called to yes. help people who are, who've been human trafficked and mm-hmm. help them get back into yeah. life. And you help have a master's degree too, right? Yes. In yeah. counseling psychology <clears throat> from wow. SAGU. So you got two degrees. Yeah. Yes. One from Belhaven, one from SAGU. Yeah. So you guys were online dating. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, nice. we talked all the time and then yeah. I didn't actually see him um, in person 
since we'd started dating for probably five months after. So it was oh, kind of wow. awkward because yeah. it's like we were friends when I left and then now we're dating and it's like, I don't really know how to. It's a whole new relationship. Yeah, how there. do we transition <laughs> yeah, this? Yeah, we sit so, in the yeah. same booth, we sit on the same side. <laughs> how does this work now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's so great. And when did y'all get married? We got married in December of 2015 in Venezuela. Yeah. So you've been there ever since? Well, um, we came back to, um, well, actually in 2016, um, we went to Colombia as MAPS workers, mm -hmm. and we were there for about six months, and then we came to the U.S. for me to finish my master's degree at SAGU. Yeah. And when we did that, um, we started working for a church. We were their Spanish pastors in, mm -hmm. in Texas. Yeah. And um, in November of 2019, the Lord just started, like, pressing on us like you guys are going to go back to Venezuela and wow. we didn't really understand like why or how but we knew that it was going to be soon yeah. um and so in January we actually went to um the head office in of for world missions of the mm -hmm. assemblies of God in Springfield and just to talk to them about that and you know they Venezuela is a closed country it's been closed since 2016 which is why my parents had to leave and now they're in Peru and right. so um you know, we, we just said, Hey, you know, the Lord's calling us to Venezuela. We just want to let y'all know. And we don't wow. know how we're going to get there. We don't know when, but we feel like it's going to be soon. Well, in 2000, in February of 2020, we, so just a month after that meeting, my husband's family, his mom, his dad, and his sister passed away in a car accident in Venezuela. And so, um, you know, we we took about a week for for us to heal because since his dad was a superintendent, there were a lot of people waiting for us, wanting yeah. answers, wanting, yeah. you know, wanting comfort of their own, and <laughs> sure. and we needed to, to to be in a place, especially him. He needed to be in a place where he could, you know, be be somewhat okay. Yeah. And so we waited for about a week, and three days after we got to Venezuela, the whole world shut down due to COVID. I mean, everything. And we were stuck in Venezuela and we couldn't leave. You couldn't leave the state. You couldn't yeah. go from state to state. You couldn't <clears throat> go to the border. The border's yeah. about 12 hours from where the city that we were in. And we couldn't, you know, airports were closed. Everything what border was closed. Is it? With Colombia? With Colombia. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, we couldn't leave. And yeah. it was like that for about a year and probably two or three months. Yeah. And so, um, after that we were, you know, we were just trying, the borders would open like three days and then they'd close and they'd open, they close. And so it was really hard no to like find, yeah. you know, that, that window of opportunity to leave. Well, yeah. then I had, um, we got pregnant with our youngest daughter, Hannah. And, um, so then we had to wait for her to be born cause it was, it was a, a difficult process. And so, um, after she was born, we had to obviously get her paperwork, her passport and everything to leave the country. And by that point, <clears> you know, we were already into yeah. 2022. Right. So there's no diplomatic relations between the U.S. and Venezuela. And Venezuela no. So that's why you couldn't get any paperwork. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you were just stuck. I ran into your dad at an event and I said, hey, how's your girls? And he told me your story. And man, it just broke my heart. I was like, oh, I couldn't imagine. I have two girls about your age and I just... I felt your dad's pain. It's like, I can't yeah. imagine. Because you, you had a grandbaby while you were there that mm -hmm. they never met. Yeah. For how many, what, two years you were there? Well, huh? yeah, we were there for two years. So wow. when my parents last saw our oldest daughter, she was one. She had just turned one. Yeah. And the 
this time that they just saw her a few weeks ago, she's now three. So. What's your two daughters' names? Rebecca and Hannah. Rebecca's the oldest. Yes. And they'd never met Hannah, though, at all. Nope, they'd never met Hannah. So I bet they were just... Yes, <laughs> they were overjoyed. So I, I can <laughs> yes. imagine not being able to see uh, your, your grandchildren for two years. Uh, so you called me. Um, what month did you call me? Do you remember? I think it was in November. Yeah, and it was interesting, the timing, because I had literally just hung up the phone with another missionary that was coming off a of field. And and I hung up, and we had a we made a pretty big commitment to them, hung up the phone, and I said, Lord, I really don't know who we're supposed to pick up in their place. Mm-hmm. And I said, I just kind of did a, wow. a 15-second prayer. I was like, Lord, just show me who you want us to support. And your, the phone rang. Wow. <laughs> it was like, okay, that was, I don't know this number, but I'm answering it because <laughs> it may be the Lord, you know, yeah. and it was you. And, I, wow. and yeah, you said, hey, I know this is unusual, and I was like, okay, this is going to be a God moment. I just felt it coming. <laughs> yeah. And you guys yeah. uh, were staying, and you told me your whole story. Mm-hmm. And I shared that with Journey the next Sunday. Uh, and we picked you guys up because you were planting a church. Now, we love yes. your commitment. You said something that day that really just s- settled in my soul. You said you told me the story that you were stuck, and you didn't know when you were going to get out of Venezuela. And you and your husband prayed and decided, if we can't leave then let's just plant a church while we're here, mm-hmm. whether it's a year or for the rest of our lives. I just love that attitude that you guys just say, okay, Lord, if you have us here for a reason, and you guys planted a brand new church. Yeah, and the really cool thing is, like like you mentioned, my parents, they work with unreached people groups. Yeah. And the Lord hasn't particularly called me to the type of work that they do, but we planted a church in an area that's considered unreached because the Southern part of the city has over a hundred churches. It's full. There's churches everywhere. You know, in the Northern part of the city, there is one church. And that's where you are? Yes. And that's where we planted our church. What city are you in? Valencia. It's the second largest city in the country. Wow. And you're in the Northern part of the city? Yes. And you're the only church there? Well, there's one other church in us. Yeah, and tell me your church's name. Something New Church. I love the name. I, I, I love your logo on the door. I love the whole thing, you know, but something new. Tell us a little bit about something new. What? So it's based on the scripture in Isaiah 43 that says, look, see, don't you see? God is doing something new. And he's opening, so you know, ways in the desert and he's yeah. opening rivers where in the desolate yeah. places, like God is doing something new. Yeah. And so, you know, this is an area where people have tried to start churches before yeah. Yeah. and they haven't succeeded because yeah. it's such a difficult area. And we, we just, our biggest desire, greatest desire when we sat down and were like, okay, what do we want with this church? Yeah. And our biggest thing was we just want it to be a place where the presence of God abides. Yeah. And then as people encounter the presence of God, that God would do something new in their life, that he would restore what needs to be restored, that he would heal what needs to be healed, mm-hmm. that he would bring back to life dreams and aspirations and you yeah. know things that, that he has placed in their lives. And so um, actually this past week, our team, we, we started the church with a team and our team had um, told us that this past uh, week, not this Sunday, but this, uh, the past Sunday, three doctors came and gave their, their lives to the Lord. Oh, thank you, and Jesus. I mean, these are people that we've been, you know, we've been interacting with them and yeah. we've been trying, you know, we've been working wow. with them and stuff. And, and their biggest thing was, well, we just don't know if we can believe in God. And so 
it, you know, it was just, it's such a cool thing because it's like the Lord is just amazing opening a place where, you know, we're, we're just allowing him to, to do what he does best, you yeah. know, and which is to create out of nothing. And when did y'all launch? What Sunday? In November, yeah. the right after Thanksgiving, we yeah. wanted to do it on that, on that weekend because, you know, Thanksgiving is actually an American holiday. They don't right. celebrate it around the world. Right. And so, but it is a holiday that we appreciate very yeah. much of being just being thankful. Yeah. And so we wanted to to launch the church on on a weekend that really emphasized just being thankful for what God has okay. done in our lives yeah. and in other people's lives. And you guys have a, a lead team there when you're mm -hmm. gone. So tell me about we your lead do. team. Yep. So um, we actually started contacting um, different people from different churches that, um, you know, some of them are, are pastor's kids. Some of them are minister's kids. Um, most of them have grown up in, in, you know, mm -hmm in the gospel. And so they're, they're already trained. We didn't really have to do anything nice. to teach them about, yeah. you know, what we were w wanting to do. Yeah. Um, but the Lord just started putting on their heart, like, I want you to work with them. I want you to work with them. And so, you know, we prayed, we talked to them, we asked them to pray. They prayed mm -hmm. and they said, yes, the Lord has asked us to come and work with you guys. Some of them even moved from different cities wow. to come and to, to work in this church. And so yeah. there's a, there's nine of us in total. So without, you know, my husband and I would be seven of them, but yeah. they're, you know, they're, they work really hard. So they're leading in your absence. So yes. I know I was surprised to see you here back in the U.S. <laughs> Tell us how you got out of Venezuela after two years. What? What? Well, um, I, because of my nationality, um, like you mentioned earlier, the United States and Venezuela, they don't have um, political relations. And right. so because of that, my nationality is a little complicated in Venezuela. Yeah. And um, so I have to have a, a permission or I had to have, for some reason, this time around, I had to have a permission from the government that allowed me to leave the country without losing my paperwork. Wow. And so on February 17th, I was finally able to get that. And um, that was on a Thursday. And on Monday, we got on a plane. Oh, wow. And that was a whole process in and of itself. It was a miracle because um, when we got to the airport, my husband handed the guard um, our four passports. Mine is the would be the only one that's not a Venezuelan passport. Right. And she gave him the three Venezuelan passports and kept mine and just stared at him. Like, are you, what are you, I want you to explain to me, you know, right. and he just stared back. Like, I'm not going to give you any information you don't ask for. Right. And so, you know, they stood there for probably 10 minutes, just staring at each other. Really? And finally, she just was like, what do you, who is she? And what, you know, where are you guys going? And yeah. he said, well, you know, she's my wife and we're going to go see um, our kids' grandparents. They haven't met our youngest daughter and they want to meet her. And, you know, she just was wrestling inside of herself as to what they were going to do. Cause you know, at any moment they can yeah. just take you and accuse you of anything. So it's right. like, you know, it's, it's complicated. And so, yeah. um, she just finally was like, fine. And she gave back my passport and was like, go ahead. Was a grace and we were, I mean, we were almost running towards the plane. Don't know? look back. <laughs> like, <laughs> just trying to get, get on the plane, you know? Yeah. And so um, we we had to go to Colombia to get um, our daughter's citizenship. Because that's the nearest country that yes. has an embassy? A U.S. embassy. So you had to apply for your... 
for our, our youngest daughter. they have dual daughters. citizenship? Yes, both of our daughters have oh, dual so citizenship. They have Venezuelan and? And United States. Oh, wow. So this should make travel easier next mm -hmm. time? For both of them, yeah. it makes it super easy. Yeah. I'm the only one that's a little bit complicated, but, yeah. you know, the Lord can, can help yeah. us and I can get my Venezuelan citizenship yeah. too. So. How long are you here for in the U.S.? Well, we've been asked to stay here for about a year okay. to raise uh, our full budget because right. we were in Venezuela working on probably 10% of our budget. And so we were living miracle to miracle. Yeah. And, you know, you guys were part of that, you know, the answer to that miracle. We so and and we were so thankful. And so thank you. Thank you, Journey Church. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we all had a heart for you right away because we just knew it was the Lord, you know, and we wanted to make sure that you guys had what you needed until you got out of Venezuela. And now you're able to raise your full support and maybe get a full appointment, you think? Yes. Yeah. So we are... Um, Whenever we got us appointed on on the field, which is right. very uncommon, right. um, you know, the Lord just opened a lot of doors for us that, yeah. that we needed. And so they, they could only assign us as MAPS workers. Sure. So now that we're here, they're working on moving us to MAs or missionary associates. Mm -hmm. And then after that, they will be moving us to fully appointed. Congratulations. Thank you. That's amazing. What a great story. So what's in store when you go back to Venezuela? What's the Lord calling you to do? Well, we're going to continue with the church that we've planted, and then our goal is actually every year to plant a church in a different area Boom. with the team that we have um, and continue adding people's pe people to our, yeah. our team so that they can begin yeah. um, to to extend what, what we believe that the Lord is wanting to do in Venezuela and actually in other countries in the world. Are, we are wanting to plant a church in Peru and one in Spain. And um, with the team that we have, so. And yeah, I'm just so excited about that. And we're so happy to be part of what God's doing in you and through you and through OXA. I mean, we just are honored that you would let us have a little part of your story. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, as we're wrapping it up, uh, how can, we're going to give financially, but how can we pray for you? And what, is, what do you need us to, uh, to do to help you right now? I mean, what, what's, what's your number one prayer? Well, our, our biggest prayer right now is that the Lord would just open doors. Yeah. You know, the past two years have been quite chaotic for us. Yeah. And I'm we're asking the Lord to just open the doors, you know, that we don't have to, you know, fight to try to get into churches yeah. to, you know, to help support us, that the Lord would just open the doors and that yeah. we would be able to rest in, in his, um, you know, his sovereignty and that he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And um, also, if y'all could pray we we need a church uh, a roof for the church our church we saw building the picture. i was wondering if i was seeing the the right the picture right there's no roof on your no they're, they're pieces of cloth that kind yeah, of protect said, from the sun it looks yeah. like they have a really creative roof <laughs> yeah but I, I love the building but i think we got to help you guys get a roof on your building yeah so yeah. we're we're in the process of um we need to raise about thirty thousand dollars to yeah. be able to put the roof on you the you gotta building, tell that story so. real quick about how you got that building and then we're going to wrap it up so just yeah. give us the uh well um Axidia had my Axidia is a he's an architect and right. so he had worked for um a company many years ago and um he had remembered that the the owner of that company is now a pastor in Spain but he had he used to have a, like a small group up in that area yeah, right. and so he was just contacting him hey do you know anybody up there that maybe still would like to go to church mm -hmm. or anything and the guy was like hey listen i need you to call me yeah and Axidia you know was like well Wow, why do I need to call? But yeah, he finally yeah. called him on like a Sunday afternoon. And the guy was like, seven years ago, the Lord told me 
to buy a piece of property up in that area. Are you serious? And I started building a church, but I knew that I was not supposed to do the church, that I was supposed to just get the property and have part of the building, but I never finished it. He said, it's not finished. It's really, you know, rustic and everything, but it's there. If you want it, you can have it for 10 years until you can get a property of your own and then, you know, have your own thing. And he said, and then when you guys leave, I will have someone else come to do a church in that area until they can do the same. And so, um, You know, we're, we were able to get a piece of property. That area is very expensive to yeah. get land. You know, it's much more expensive than the rest of the country. And yeah. so, you know, it was just an answer to prayer. It was just like the Lord saying, yeah, um, this is what I've asked you to do. So, so seven go ahead. years earlier, the Lord already put a building in place for you. Yes. Isn't it wonderful how God is always answering our prayers long before we even prayed them? It's amazing. God's such a good God. Daniel, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having we me. We are just so excited about what's happening with you and Oxa and your girls. And I know your dad and mom are so happy to be able to see their granddaughters. And um, we're just um, excited about it. And we're hoping you guys will come out and visit us at Journey while you're making your tour of the U.S. Yes, sir. So maybe we can work out something when we get done here. But um, thanks for joining us on our podcast today. Thank you for having me. Well, I hope you enjoyed our story today from Venezuela. This is uh, Danielle Holloway, and uh, we are excited to be part of what God is doing as they plant churches among unreached people groups. Uh, if you're watching us for the first time, I uh, encourage you to download the Journey app. It's uh, free on your app store. Type in Journey Fellowship Church, or you can also go to jf.church to find out more about us. If you live in Slidell or somewhere on the North Shore of New Orleans, come visit us. Uh, driving directions are on the app and on the website. Uh, But we just enjoy being able to spend time with you today and with Danielle. So this is Doug McAllister for Journey Fellowship Church. And thanks for watching Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday.